You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef podcast. Certainly been a busy couple of weeks in Washington as the House has been looking for a new speaker. Joining us to provide an update on that today is Ethan Lane, NCBA Vice President of Government Affairs. Ethan, tell us a little bit about the new Speaker of the House, Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Well, Mike is a, a longtime, uh, Speaker Johnson now, is a longtime friend of NCBA's. We've, uh, uh, we've worked with uh, Congressman Johnson's office and his staff uh, for uh, the entirety of his time in Congress. Um, he's a he's a strong principled conservative. Um, he talks a lot about the values that he holds dear. Um, those include free markets. Those include limited government. Um, there are things that that very uh, strongly overlap with the values of our producers and our industry around the country. And it's the reason I think we've um, long been supportive of, uh, of of the congressman and and his work here in Washington. Um, he is a newcomer to the national stage, though. Um, and to a lot of agriculture. So I think there are a lot of questions this week. Um, I've been kind of amused uh, to see social media and, and you know, I, I, folks in the Democratic Party and others, um, you know, dig up clips of him saying something 10 years ago and, and kind of demonizing him in the last few weeks because he's or in the last few hours because he is genuinely one of the nicest members of Congress and, and one of the most uh, rational, thoughtful members of Congress we work with. Um, he, he's going to be a great speaker for the cattle industry. He's going to be um, uh, kind of a, a fresh perspective. And, and he is a principled conservative, um, kind of in the old definition of that term. You know, we've seen uh, the rise of the Freedom Caucus and kind of a more populist bent um, in conservative politics in Washington. Uh, very, very much a departure from, you know, kind of principled conservatism of, of, of uh, you know, the Reagan era. Um, uh, Congressman, now Speaker Johnson, is much more of a return to that in a way that uh, is going to be very beneficial for cattle producers. Well, Ethan, tell us a little bit about how the election of a new speaker is going to impact the timing of the next farm bill. So we've seen in real time over the last few weeks uh, just how difficult it is in the House Republican Conference today to get basic things done. And we've seen, if, you, if you've been watching this on the news, um, you see that it's very easy for the Democratic side of the aisle to just sit on their hands and, and basically vote no. Um, and that forces a situation where uh, five members of the House Republican Conference can essentially derail uh, even basic business on the, on the House floor. Nothing changes in, in those dynamics because there is a new speaker. Now, um, I think it's reasonable to assume that he's going to be granted a little bit of latitude in his opening weeks here to, to maneuver a little bit. But we're already seeing folks, um, uh, members of Congress in, in, in various factions, uh, try to put their own spin on what they believe Speaker Johnson is going to do as far as uh, a spending bill. You know, is he going to pursue a CR into January or February of next year? Um, or is he going to process all of those appropriations bills and, and work towards some regular order process? Um, the reality is there just isn't probably time for a full regular order process, but um, they're going to certainly work towards that. We saw them within an hour and a half of his uh, of his swearing in as speaker already on the floor working through amendments on the uh, energy and water appropriations package. So he is certainly going after it. Um, and, and that's going to include work on the farm bill as well. That that's a little bit different because, you know, we've, we've had kind of an evolving conversation there. Um, a billion or excuse me, a trillion dollar bipartisan uh, farm and, and nutrition package is a pretty slim bet to get passed in the, in the house of representatives right now. Um, 
there's a, a growing call for an extension of some kind in this funding package in the next few weeks that'll buy everybody a little bit of time and breathing room to get that work done. Uh, chairman G.T. Thompson, the House Agriculture Committee Chairman, and uh, Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow and the Senate Agriculture Committee have done a tremendous amount of work uh, over the last year or two. They've done a lot of outreach, a lot of stakeholder meetings, a lot of uh, field hearings. Um, they have work product put together. We know they're still miles apart on, on those bills. And that's before we start the amendment process where the real kind of crazy ideas and animal rights nuts and everybody else can kind of come out of the woodwork and try to impact that final package. So I think it's reasonable to assume we will see some sort of a blanket extension of the current farm bill. Uh, it could be as long as a year. I've heard some people suggest 18 months to get it out of this Congress uh, to buy everybody a little bit of room, shore up those commodities that are going to suffer more direct impacts in the short term without some kind of authorization um, and get to a better spot to negotiate a big bipartisan package like this. So Ethan, walk us through the process that took to get the new speaker elected and kind of recount the past couple of weeks for us. Well, if you if you imagine a, a, a trash dumpster um, on fire and floating down a river, that's pretty much uh, what it has looked like over the last few weeks electing a new speaker uh, here in Washington. That's not a surprise to anybody who has had access to a, a news channel in the last few weeks. Um, but it does sort of illustrate just how challenging uh, politics are in the in the Republican Party right now. You have a lot of different views of how to accomplish a lot of the same goals. Um, very little disagreement on where uh, people want to go. You know, reduce the reduce the federal deficit, um, uh, cut spending, be more efficient, get government out of people's lives. Those are those are good objectives. But how those things get done. Uh, and, and the differences there have been on full display. You know, do you shut the government down and just hold tight until somebody caves? Do you make incremental progress towards that over a series of years, you know, chipping away at some of these issues? Uh, you know, how how aggressive do, do you, do you want to be in pursuing those goals? Um, and what does that mean for your public image as a party with voters around the country who are going into a pretty contentious presidential cycle? Um, that speaker process was really a, a, an illustration of that. You know, you had a variety of choices uh, in front of the conference, um, solid members of leadership, folks like Tom Emmer, folks like Steve Scalise, who have been there, who have a reputation, who are who are proven leaders. Um, were very quickly dismissed by that conference because it was obvious very quickly that they couldn't get the votes. Um, same dynamic existed for Jim Jordan. He just sort of gritted his teeth and stuck in longer um, and and uh, probably damaged some relationships with some of the uh, threats and intimidation that members um, alleged they were receiving during that process. Um, all of that led to um, you know, sort of a shock that Mike Johnson was able to get a unanimous vote amongst the House Republican Conference on the floor uh, for his speakership. That was definitely unexpected, but welcome news after the acrimony of the last few weeks. Um, I think the mood has shifted dramatically. People are pleased with the choice inside the House Republican Conference. How long that lasts is a different story, um, but it, it is a surprisingly a harmonious end to, to one of the, the biggest messes I've seen in my time in Washington as far as internal politics. So what happens in the early days when a new Speaker of the House takes office? Well, you know, normally it is a process that plays out over the course of several months, right? Um, you know, assume that a new Speaker takes office at the changeover 
uh, of party control, right? You know, Republicans win enough seats to take control of Congress from Nancy Pelosi. It's pretty obvious that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the, uh, the, you know, the, the leading candidate to be speaker. He's already in leadership. He kind of knows, you know, the basics of, of, of what the leadership team has been, has been moving towards. And there's a natural progression there. Um, this is wildly different, right? You have a, uh, the vice chair of the House Republican Conference, um, not a, a, a key member of leadership who has been vaulted over a lot of his colleagues um, and into a, a role and, and, and part of a leadership team that I would imagine he, he hasn't been uh, involved with as far as, you know, senior leadership team planning meetings. Um, so I would guess that his first couple days here are going to be uh, spent getting up to speed on a, on a lot of processes and, and arrangements and things that, uh, that you know, uh, he, he wouldn't have been aware of up until this point. Um, his life very much fundamentally is going to change. Uh, he now will have a security detail. Uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, remarked last year that it was weird that he doesn't get to open his own doors anymore. Um, you know, and that is, if you've ever been around a Speaker of the House, I mean, it's very much like, um, it's a much lighter footprint than a security detail for a president or something like that. But surely, uh, you know, when you are in the same building as the Speaker of the House, because there is a security presence that is palpable. Um, that that is going to follow him everywhere he goes and stand outside the door while he sleeps moving forward. That is a fundamental change in life that most of us will never experience. Um, and and uh, Speaker Johnson is now experiencing that for him and his wife and four kids in real time. Um, I cannot imagine um, what his week must be shaping up like. And certainly I don't think he imagined it on Monday when he uh, when he went to work. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for the update today. Absolutely. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. 